Hey, this is Rich Wilkerson. I'm the pastor of VU Church in Miami, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Your pastor asked me in the first session to uh, kind of keep it what we might call high level, and he asked me if I would kind of get into the weeds in this session, and so I'd, I'd like to do that. Uh, what I want to do is I want to try to get really, really practical with you and maybe give you some tools that would add value in, in every aspect of your life. Um, how many of you have goals? How many, how many of you have goals? Is something you'd like to accomplish? H- have you noticed that many of us have pretty similar goals, but we have vastly different results? Think about it. Like most people, if, if you have a health goal, it's probably not, hey, I want to have high cholesterol. Nobody says, I want to die in my 50s. You know, that's, not, that's typically not a health goal. We all kind of want to be healthy. If, it, if it's a financial goal, we all have goals to be debt-free and typically have more to do more. I don't know anybody who says, I want to fight with my wife about money for the rest of our lives. I, I, I want to drown in debt and leave my kids nothing but a bunch of debt. I, nobody has those types of goals. Uh, if you lead a ministry, a VU crew or whatever, you want your ministry to thrive, you want it to grow. I don't know a single pastor who says, I want to bury this church dead and gone in three years or less. You know, that we, we, we have very similar goals, but we have different results. Every uh, basketball team would at the beginning of the year say, we want to win the championship. Nobody says, we're shooting for seventh place. It would be great, Okay. In, in marriage, no one says, you know, we want to try to make it five years, maybe seven before we divorce. Everybody says, we want to go the distance in our marriage. The results are really different. Why is it that we have similar goals, but we have very different results? I like to look in scripture sometimes and not just look at the immediate spiritual application, but sometimes I look at, I like to look for the practical that leads to the spiritual. Does that make sense? Like if you look in the Old Testament, if you look at Daniel, How in the world was a guy able to stand down the mouths of hungry lions, stay strong when culture was against him, have faith when others would have caved? How was he able to do that? What was the practical thing that led to the spiritual faith? I like to look at scripture that way. I'll show you in scripture a text and then let this introduce our our big idea. Daniel chapter six, verse 10 says this. When Daniel learned that there had been a decree published, had been published, he went home up to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And then scripture says three times, somebody say three times. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prays, giving thanks to God. If you you see this next part, would you say it aloud? Just as he had done before. Three times a day. How was it that Daniel was able to stand strong at some point in his life? It's because before that moment, everybody say moment. Before that moment came, three times a day, day in and day out, he had sought God. What did Daniel do? He prayed just like he'd done before. He had what I would call a system of prayer which strengthened his faith with God and built his intimacy and trust in God. He had a system. Somebody say he had a system. If you're taking notes, you may want to jot this down. I I would submit to you that goals don't determine success. Systems determine success that your goals, we have the same goals. 
We all want to accomplish similar things. Our goals don't make us more successful. Our systems make us successful. In fact, James Clear um, is a friend of mine. He wrote a powerful book on habits. He said this. He said, you don't rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the levels of your systems. You don't just rise naturally to whatever you aspire to do, but you fall to the level of your system. So what is a system? If we're going to say it as plainly as we can, what is a system? A system is how you accomplish the what. It's how you accomplish the what. How do you have such an amazing, God-honoring, electric, inspiring, inviting, influential culture at Voo Church? It happens in the crews and the huddles long before anyone shows up. There is a leader who's setting a tone, who's creating a culture, who's raising the expectations, who's inspiring you what to do, who's telling you, I am a leader. I am a person of influence. I wish I knew it all. I'd say it. I'm blessed coming in and, I'm be- and I am the answer and I know what you can do and I'm gonna do it better because I love my God and that's not exactly right, but you know my heart is with you because I'm a leader, a person of influence. I may know that by tomorrow because that's good. That's so good. That's a reflection of good leadership that's creating an appetite for excellence that builds in systems that you know what to do before you ever get there. It's how you accomplish the what. For example, I'll I'll illustrate this by talking about two chicken restaurants. One I'm gonna talk uh, really good about and then one I'm gonna talk bad about. The one I'm gonna talk bad about, I'm gonna change the name just because I'm gonna really trash them. But the one I'm gonna talk bad about, I'm gonna call them Grandma's Chicken. That's not their real name. It's not their real name. But when I was growing up, man, Grandma's Chicken was the place. Every one of us wanted to go there. They, they go in there, they, they, they had the best, in this, I wouldn't eat this today, maybe if Grandma's Chicken was still good, I might. Chicken fried steak, mashed potatoes and gravy, green beans. They had a grandma that like would walk around in a little apron and she would give you these, these biscuits with honey and butter. They were just like, like, they're like, they're like biscuits from heaven, I'm telling you. They're, they're, and, and it was just an amazing place. And so I hadn't seen a Grandma's Chicken for probably 20, 25 years. I have all my kids one day, we're driving by, and lo and behold, there's a grandma's chicken. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not gonna believe this place. It's the best thing ever. You're gonna love it. I hurled all six of my drunk squirrels into this place, you know, <laughs> trying to keep them. And we, we walk in, and the first thing I notice, there's nobody behind the counter. I'm like, well, there must be, you know, so I'm up there. Finally, this lady comes out, and she's acting annoyed, like I just interrupted her, you know, makeout time, both her boyfriend behind the scenes or whatever. And she kind of rudely took my order, couldn't quite get it right. We went and sat down. There was no grandma. No grandma in the whole place. No free biscuits, no honey, no, no gift from God from heaven. The order came late. It was incomplete. The food was not so good. I went in the bathroom and my feet stuck to the floor, okay? Nasty, right? I don't know about you, but I always think to myself, dirty bathroom might equal dirty kitchen. And it was, and I just, I said, this, 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 this must be a bad grandma's chicken. Couple years went by and we saw another one in another town. And I said, this one's gonna be better. We went in, it was almost the same bad experience. Contrast that with a restaurant known as, known as Chic Filet, okay? <laughs> Our first time I went into a Chick-fil-A it, I think it was actually in Florida years and years ago. We took our six kids in there. They were everywhere, man. I mean, you know, the biggest one was this big and they were all over the place. And this lady came out from behind the counter and very appropriately in like this non-creepy, very loving way said, can I help you with your kids? I'm like, 
you can take them all day if you want them. They're yours. And she took the baby and, you know, the toddler and took the toddler to a little, little seat, put the baby in there, got her a little balloon, got her a toy to play with. We're sitting there ordering and she's babysitting my kids. Like, oh, and, and we're, we're at, you know, the ladies are super helpful up at the counter and they were, the customer service was unbelievable. The food came out. They treated us like we were at a restaurant where you would tip generously because they'd refill your drinks. They came out. It was so amazing. So there was a picture of the franchisee's owner up on the platform and he was sitting off over in the corner and having a little meeting. And I went up and said, I am so sorry to interrupt you, but what you have to know is whatever you pay those two ladies, double it. They are amazing beyond measure. Their customer service is unbelievable. The guy actually recognized me. I, I teach at some leadership conferences occasionally. He said, oh, you're Craig Rochelle. I've been to your conference. He said, I just want to tell you thank you for your investment. And he gave me 10 free coupons for chicken sandwiches. Okay. This was a mess. 10 free coupons. When you got six kids, man, that'll make you close to God, somebody said. Amen. And I was so blown away by the customer service that I used to write a little blog. I went and I, I wrote a blog on it to talk about how good the customer service was. Somehow the blog got to the CEO of Chick-fil-A who sent me an autographed copy of his book with 20 coupons to Chick-fil-A for their sandwiches. Now, what's pretty amazing is if you say thank you to someone, what do they say in response? They say, my pleasure. What I want you to notice is they are systematized all the way down to the response of a thank you. If someone says thank you, our predetermined system says that you respond with a my pleasure. Grandma's chicken was good at one time. If the very same employee at Chick-fil-A worked for Grandma's Chicken, that employee would not be close to being as good as they are at Chick-fil-A. And the reason is, if you're taking notes, is this. Strong systems make good people look great. Weak systems make great people look bad. In fact, I mean, I'll say here, a servant leader at Voo Church, your capacity to make a difference is, is generally speaking better than a servant leader at just a regular church down the street because they haven't created the same systems that help you be as successful as you are. It is a reflection of great leadership. Uh, my friend, Pastor Andy Stanley says this, he says, systems trump mission statements. Systems trump mission statements. He says, what's happening in the halls trumps what's written on the walls. Why is this? I want, you to, I want you to apply this to your life. What do systems do? Systems create behaviors. Behaviors then become habits and habits drive outcomes. Habits drive outcomes. You might say, well, that's not very spiritual, Pastor. Okay. God created a solar what? System, okay? Perhaps the most spiritual thing some of you could do is get organized create a system, Cre pray three times a day if you wanna have the faith of Daniel. 
Create a system in your life today that drives the outcome that you want tomorrow because we all have basically the same goals, but we don't rise to the level of our goals, we fall to the level of our systems. If you want a better outcome in your marriage, if you want a better outcome in your finance, if you want a better outcome in your parenting, if you want a better outcome in your VU crew, you're gonna create a better system. Small changes in your systems can create big changes in your outcomes. I say it all the time. It's the small things that no one sees that create the results that everyone wants. It's the training behind the scene at Chick-fil-A that makes for a consistently great customer service experience on the outside. It's what happens in this room that makes what happens tomorrow at all the VU campuses special because of the systems that you create. Now, you might be in a business and you might say, well, we don't have a system. We don't have a system. I would say respectfully so, you have a system. Your system might be, I walk in the place, I unlock the door, I turn on the light, I respond to problems all day long, I turn off the light, I lock the door and I go home. That actually is a system. It's not a good system but it's a system. Everyone has a system. It may not be a healthy one. You can jot this down. You either have systems by intent or by default, but you have them. They're even intentional or they are accidental. But in everything you do, you have a system. When you get up in the morning, you have a system. The way you drive to work is a system. The way you talk to yourself and your brain is a system that drives a result. And you can write this down. Your system is a result of what you've created or tolerated. If you do not like your system, stop tolerating and start creating. What you wanna do in your life is you wanna create a system that leaves little to chance. In other words, you're gonna create a detailed plan of who does what and when and how. I told you a little bit about our, our church campuses. What we do now is we actually build the same building in different cities over and over and over again. And again, what I wanna tell you what's possible is when we started out, we were in massive debt, like you were in infant church, and you'll, you, you will very likely have to borrow some debt to borrow some money in order to build a building one day or whatever. That's, I'm not here to tell you, you'll never do that. What I will tell you is if you create a good system that's efficient, then one day you can be debt-free and you can do a lot more. Our, our church today in 34 locations is 100% debt-free. We owe nothing to anybody. And before, before we ever launch a campus, put a shovel in the ground or build a building, we have the cash for the building. We did last year, we did um, five new locations in five different states and we built buildings for all of them and built a six building. So we were able to fund six um, complete buildings, 36,000 square feet buildings that seat about 800 people or so. And we were able to do that in different states. How in the world, when it was hard years ago to add one service, like we're gonna add a service, that was like taxing and do we have the volunteers? How do we do that? The, the, the answer is we've created really good systems. And I'm gonna show you a little slide that I think we probably have. If I, we can bring up that launch slide. You're not gonna be able to read this completely, but what this is, this shows the launch process uh, before it ever happens. Over to the far left, it says uh, eight weeks out, there's an initial meeting, uh, seven weeks out or six weeks out, there's established vendor relationships. 
So we'll buy the same exact products for every single location from the same places because we've tested it over time. We know when to order them. At five weeks out, the installation begins, the landscaping goes in, the janitorial service comes up, the stage design and tech team comes in at a little less than five weeks out, three weeks out, title animation, motion graphic, order the print items. At two weeks out, the talk notes are printed, the restroom decor, all the furniture moves in, the offering count, team is trained at one week out, the delivery trucks come in with all the stuff shipped from our central warehouse that, that em empowers all the campuses. Then one week out, there's a leader training night, you unpack, um, there's the finish up, there's the punt list, and there's a, a follow-up meeting. That is a system that didn't happen overnight. It took seven, eight, nine, ten. Kind of like Lyle Schaller told me, you won't know what you're doing until five. He was wrong. We didn't really know what we were doing until we did like 12, 13, 15. And when we talk about a lot of services, I'm going to push your pastor and you can push him. I believe you can do more. We have several campuses that have nine services on the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday night, and Monday night. I called Lyle before he died. I said, Lyle, remember when you told me seven services? We do nine. He said, I never thought nine was possible. I said, Lyle, that's the problem with you old guys. <laughs> you all think way too small, Lyle. You're thinking too small. Voo Church, don't think small. Don't think small. You want a better outcome, create a better system. You've got a system, it's either accidental or it's intentional. I wanna encourage you to let it be intentional. So you may say, okay, I wanna do this. I wanna have a system for my finances or I wanna have a system in my, for my kids because it's just pure chaos or, or whatever. Um, how do we do it? Well, we're gonna do, and this is real practical, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna answer three questions and it's very simple and I'm gonna show you how this isn't really difficult to accomplish. Number one, we're gonna answer the question, what should be expected? What are our expectations? In other words, if you're on the um, VU Kids team, what do we expect you to do? We're gonna determine that ahead of time before you ever um, start day number one. Number two, we're gonna say, what should be rewarded? What are the things whenever Pastor Rich says, hey, you're amazing, here's, here's your gift, we celebrate you. What are the qualities or the attributes or the, the what, what, what did that person do that we say, that's exactly what we wanna see in our family. This is what we wanna see in our ministry. This is the person that gets rewarded in our business. And then number three, what should be corrected? When something steps out of the system, out of the culture, what should be corrected? So very simply, what should be expected? what should be rewarded, and what should be corrected. Now, this is incredibly important to write down and to internalize. Oftentimes, what is rewarded and corrected isn't consistent with what's expected. Say, so if you were like really Pentecostal, you say amen and wave your white hanky right there because this is so crazy true, right? So often in our families and our businesses, what's rewarded or what's, what's, what's corrected isn't consistent with what's expected. The clearest example in my life is probably when I'm in my bad parenting mode, right? I tell you kids, you can't do this, and then they do, and they take us hostage, and everybody knows you can't negotiate with a terrorist, okay? <laughs> it, it, we, we do this all the time. Kids, you're gonna turn in your phones by 10 o'clock and you do it one night, you don't do it the other time. Or you're not gonna talk back at me, don't make me count to three, and then you count to 30, and then you buy them the stupid thing anyway just to get them to shut up, whatever it is. And, and so what's rewarded or corrected is often not consistent with your expectations as a parent. This is where it gets really simple. It's not easy, believe me, but it's simple. 
if you hold people accountable to what's expected, rewarded, and corrected, a system will emerge. This is what's so amazing. This is what's so amazing. And this is why I believe that your pastors are truly some of the finest spiritual leaders I know because they do this so well. They, They reward the behavior that they love. They will gently and lovingly correct what they don't want. And it's really, really clear on their expectations. They cannot stand up here without creating culture. This is who we are. This is what we stand for. This is what we're about. And then they correct it and they, they celebrate it. Let me give you just some simple examples. Um, if you have a business and you expect every product to be delivered in 48 hours and you reward it when your team does it and you correct it when they don't, guess what? your team will create a system to get it done. They, they will do it. If, if you expect that every guest that comes to Voo Church or whatever should, I don't know, receive a, a welcome text within 12 hours of coming to Voo Church and you reward the people that do it and you correct those that don't, suddenly a system is going to emerge. That's, that's being intentional because healthy systems never ever happen by accident. You have to be incredibly intentional about them. And this is what we need to understand about our businesses or our kids or our volunteer leaders or or whatever. They're smart people. And whenever we determine this is what's expected and we reward them when they do it and we correct them when they don't, systems emerge and suddenly we wake up one day and we've got a system for all 44 teams and we've got a system for not just our two VU campuses, but our third and our fourth and fifth that we'll be starting in 2021. Can somebody say a little amen to a prophecy from a guy from Oklahoma who came to tell you there's more in you? Flossing changed my life. (laughs) Changed my life. I hate flossing. Anybody else hate flossing? Yeah, to the delight of dental hygienists everywhere, flossing changed my life. And I'll tell you why. Because when when I have the system of flossing, it tells me that I'm disciplined. And that one little system of I floss I wake up in the morning, I do my YouVersion Bible plan every day. I take in God's word, which conforms me to the image of Christ. Because I floss and I'm disciplined, I get up early. I get up really early a lot of times, or way earlier than, than most people. And I do my Bible study and I get into work and I'm productive, sometimes two, three, four hours before other people get in and I feel good and I, and I have a great day. And I go home early because I start early and I'm in the gym six, often seven days a week. I know you're not supposed to do it seven. Don't tell me I don't care. I like it seven days a week. It's intentional. And, and I'm in the gym at 3.45, four o'clock every day. And I'm home with my family. Unless we're at church together, I'm home. I don't have something on the agenda. And my wife is happy and we have six kids. <laughs> okay? Because I floss. It's a system. It's a system. It's, it's intentional. It's not accidental. If I didn't floss, I wouldn't feel disciplined. I'd, I'd stay up too late. I'd get up late. 
I might not do my Bible study. I probably wouldn't eat good. I'd get into church late. I'd be mad all day long. I wouldn't be productive. I wouldn't get my workout. I'd be staying till late in the day. I'd be realizing Amy's gonna be mad because I work too late. So I'd be driving home really fast, trying to get home. I'd get pulled over by a police officer. I wouldn't want to get a ticket. So I'd try to outrun the police officer. <laughs> then I'd get arrested. I'd be put in jail. We'd only have two kids, okay? slight exaggeration, but you see what I'm saying. Never underestimate what God can set into motion through one simple system, one small habit. Never underestimate what God could do when you're intentional in the small things. I I love with all my heart what Zechariah chapter 4 says when, when the prophet says, do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise these small beginnings. I have systems that help me do what, um, what I need to do. And my systems reflect the goals in my life. The systems determine the goals. I've changed the types of goals that I have at this point. It took me a long time. And maybe you might want to create some systems around your goals, but let's make sure you have the right goals for just a moment. Um, most of us, we have what I call means goals. A means goal. Your goal is a means to something else. It's a means to an end. I want to get good grades so that. There's always a so that with a mean goal. So that I can get into the great college. So that I can get a good job. So that I can attract an acute spouse. So that we can get married and have a real vacation. So that one day our job would be good enough. So that we could get a house. So that we could have 2.5 kids. So that we could have a dog and not a cat. So that... We can go on vacations one day so that I can retire early, so that we can go to the mountains and whatever, you know, so that. What I want to encourage you to do, Vu, is not just have means goals, but just have have who goals. Not just do, but who. Who do you want to be? Who, Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be? One of my biggest goals now is to get a pin every year. I have a, um, a, a mentor that in 2005 or so sent me a pen with my name on it. It said 2005 on it. And it was a note. He said, this note is written with the pen I'm sending you. And this pen um, reflects a year of faithfully serving Jesus. You were faithful to your wife. You served your church with integrity. You made good decisions. Um, you represent Jesus and have integrity. This pen represents that, that um, a year of faithfulness. Next year, I got another pen from him. Next year, another pen. It started after six or seven years to get really meaningful. I want to get my pen because it, rep- it represents daily being faithful. I met the guy, and he was a hero to me, but I met him personally maybe eight, nine, ten years after getting the pens. I said, how many pens do you give out? He said, oh, man. He said, I used to give a lot more, but there are people that don't qualify anymore. And at that moment, I had kind of the same response you did. And I thought of, oh my gosh, I could imagine there was the burnout and the bad decision and the marital unfaithfulness and the financial lack of integrity. And I could almost go through my mind who might not be getting the pins anymore. And um, that's when I decided I want to collect my pins. What I need in my life, honestly, because I'm a, I'm a fallen human being, Uh, vulnerable to the same things that you are. I need the systems in my life to help create the success that God wants. And what I've come to recognize is success is not something that's out there when I achieve it in the future. Success is when I'm faithful to Jesus today. Today, that's success. It's not a so that. 
It is. That's a day. And so with everything in me, please hear, do not despise the days of small beginnings. If you'll be faithful to Jesus where you are today, do the assignment in front of you today. No, who, who do you want to be? Not just what do you want to accomplish. Who do you want to be for the glory of God? Then create a system around it. You've already got systems. Don't let your systems be accidental. Let them be incredibly intentional. And when you wake up, wake up every day thanking God that you get to be a part of the church, the bride of Christ, the body, the building that's impacting lives around. And I hope that you'll recognize it's through the small disciplines, the small faithfulness. It's, it's, it, is, it is the my pleasure to a thank you. It is, it is as small as flossing. It's as small as saying my first 10% goes to God. It's as small as saying my first moment with God in the day before I, before I step the foot on the ground is a prayer to God, take my day, God. Redeem my life for your glory today. Do not despise the small beginnings because when you're faithful day in, day out, becoming who God calls you to be, you have no idea what God can do. He can do exceedingly and abundantly more. He wants to impact more people. He wants to use you for his glory. He wants your light to shine in places of darkness you never dreamed the light could shine. He wants to increase your influence. He wants to build your faith. He wants the church of Jesus Christ to impact this city and way beyond. We're not talking two campuses, three campuses. I would prophesy 30. I believe 50. I would believe not just thousands of people, but hundreds of thousands of people impacted because when we lift up the name of Jesus and when we do it daily, he will be glorified and he will bring all people to himself. Thank your God. Rejoice in him because he's stirring within you. Be faithful in the small things and watch as God brings about the good things. If you believe it so, would you give him big praise today? Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, consider rating it and even sharing it with friends. It helps so much. For more content from VU and to connect with us, go to vuchurch.com. We love you. The best is yet to come.